0: From New Dog Media and Phoenix 5th, it's the Settle Smarter Podcast.
1: I'm not a people pleaser. I don't really care what people think of me as long as I know that I am comfortable with who I am, the decisions I'm making, that they are not just the best decisions for me, but for all the constituencies
2: I serve. (laughs) If you ever feel like a hamster inside of a wheel running a sprint inside of a marathon, While balancing on top of a teeter-totter, this podcast is for you. Welcome to Settle Smarter with me, Dana Look Arimoto.
0: Hello, smart settlers. Producer Paul here. Today, Dana's guest is Jen McClure, founder and CEO of GEM, a Silicon Valley-based global management consultancy and publishing group, and a business insider power player in management consulting. Jen is currently on the board of KQED and the advisory boards of How Women Lead, How Women Give, and Miracle Messages. Let's check out this interview.
2: Welcome back to the Settle Smarter Podcast. Today is a special day for me and for all of you listeners because I have a multidimensional woman with me. I like to consider myself a multi-dimensional woman. And for you multidimensional people, men, women, however you identify, don't tune out, tune in because my dear friend and guest, Jennifer McClure, is going to share with us what it takes to run a business, or in her case, many businesses in a very tumultuous Time and a time of crisis and unprecedented change. Welcome, Jen. It is so cool to be here. Right on. So we're going to cover some ground today, and you are such a sport because you have agreed to share what it takes. And some of my guests have talked a little bit about one or two dimensions in your case, and you all have heard her bio that producer Paul has read. And You know, she runs several businesses at one time. You could say they're somewhat integrated. However, knowing Jen for the amount of years that I've known her, it doesn't surprise me that she's doing multiple things and doing multiple things well at one time. The challenge is doing multiple things that you love at one time and doing them well in a time such as the one we're in now this year with unprecedented change and COVID and racial unrest and injustice and economic uncertainty. Jen, I'm going to take my multiple hats off to you. <laughs> How many hats do you wear? Let's start there. I'll go with four or five. So
1: as you know, I'm the CEO of GEM, And GEM has under it two divisions. Consultants Collective, which is a management consulting firm, of which I am acting as managing director at the time. And Biznology, which is our digital magazine and learning platform, of which I am publisher. So I'll count that as, let's count that as three. Um, and then I have my board career, which I am really enjoying. Um, right now I'm on the board of KQED and a startup nonprofit called Miracle Messages. I'm also an elder with our church and I am a mom and a wife and a friend and is that six?
2: Six. I'm losing count. Listeners, I I really want you to listen hard because Jen's going to take us on a whirlwind tour today, apparently. And she's probably missing a few hats if I know her as well as I would love to say that I do. Uh, She does a lot of mentoring as well. Jen, you probably didn't count that as a hat, but I've seen you in action. So I'm going to count your mentor hat, especially for young people and young women. I I am really
1: enjoying that role and I'm really honored and fortunate to be uh, mentoring our one person in particular who we share uh, as our management associate at Consultants Collective, Adria Barrach, who's also the editor of Biznology. So even at a very young age, she is wearing multiple hats and I think we all do. So that's just, as you said, for women and for men or for however folks define themselves, we all wear multiple hats, right?
2: Yeah, especially in today's uncertainty. So let's talk about what trade-offs you have to make today, right here, right now, in order to stay even afloat of the hats you're wearing at the time you're wearing them. What's a trade-off? What do you have to do? I don't know if I'd call it a
1: trade-off, but, and, and I really, the word agile, it just feels so overused to me but I think it is the one that everyone it's overused because everyone is having to embrace that is that, uh, it is a time of uncertainty. It is a time of flexibility. It is a time of having to look at, um, some really difficult and challenging things and figuring out where you fit into the solution and, um, not, uh, take advantage of it from a mercenary standpoint, but I think being part of the solution also means you're creating opportunity. Um, And that's something that we've all been trying to do for those of you, you Dana and others who are involved in the business. We've really taken hard looks at what is COVID-19 gonna mean for business, for society. Uh, For people's psyche, what does this final reckoning, hopefully final reckoning that we are having around um, racial and social justice, I will include gender justice there, how do we finally address that with real lasting solutions? And so for the business, it's actually not been a time of feeling like we're doing trade offs, but trade ups. Right. Talking about this before we started recording and the mission statement that we wrote together um, for the business more than three years ago about not just focusing on the bottom line, about focusing on mission, purpose and values and working with our clients in that way is very different for a management consulting firm. Right. Especially then. That was pre-business roundtable statement. Right. And then talking about creating a better future. Like that, that's more relevant today than ever. And
2: I feel like we're finally living up to that mission statement. Isn't it incredible that it holds up and that we just talked about this to your point that it's true today. And I'm going to point out what Jen said. This is such an important thing. If you don't resonate with the word compromise or trade-off, think about what Jen just said about trading up. What would you give up to go higher? And that's what it takes to wear multiple hats at multiple times. Certainly, as you all know, in order to be smarter and have work-life integration, we can't wear all hats at all times in the same way. That's the trap and that's where the burnout comes. So how do you keep from burning out? Are those trade-ups one of the ways that you actually infuse yourself? I had a realization recently, my husband and I were watching... um, our church service
1: online. And it was about, our pastor has been doing a lot about uh, relationships and he was talking about people pleasing. And I turned to my husband and I said, Oh my God, I'm not a people pleaser anymore. And I think some of that has to do with being 56 and some of it has to do with unfortunately my parents being gone, but that, you know, being perfect for your parents thing. And some of it has to do with having to embrace being a CEO uh, and the parts of being a CEO that are about making difficult decisions that you know are right. And it is too exhausting to try to please everybody all the time. And it is extremely freeing to realize that I'm not a people pleaser. I don't really care what people think of me as long as I know. That I am comfortable with who I am, the decisions I'm making, that they are not just the best decisions for me, but for
2: all the constituencies I serve. Yeah, who's your master, right? That's right. kind of what what sticks us a little bit in in like trying to please people is different than who's your master. And yet, if you're only trying to please the master, maybe they really don't belong in the master role. So, master right. Well, yourself, I mean, right?
1: Exactly. And you you know you know me. You know I'm always going to go back to my faith. Usually in our conversations, you talk about your spirituality. I talk about my faith. But you know, you can you can only serve one master, right? Um, And in my case, it's it's not me, given my faith. And so as long as I live true to that idea, things get pretty simple after that, right?
2: Yeah, the human factor messes it all up, doesn't it? And with age comes wisdom. So let's dive into that a little further. For the entrepreneurial listeners today that are either in their own business or contemplating starting their own business, what does it take for them to just simply get started? Can you go back? in time three years ago and, you know, the last time you did this, which I won't say how many years ago that was, this is not your first rodeo. So what does it take just to start? What's step one? Well, I I think for a successful business, you're always trying to solve a problem,
1: right? And so, as you know, in our case, it was a frustration with the types of management consulting experiences we had had with a traditional model that we felt, was broken, did not work, did not service, was frustrating, was expensive, and just trying to address that problem for others. And on the other side, we both know that being an independent consultant can be lonely and frustrating and overwhelming. And so addressing those two problems was kind of at the core. But I will also say, I did not know and would not have imagined what the business would have evolved into over the last three years. And I think that's okay, to not know exactly what it is that you are trying to invent. And, and some folks will call that pivot, another word I really dislike, but I don't know that it was a pivot as much as a refinement. And, and this time of COVID crisis, um, of what we've seen around racial social justice um, reckoning, has, has helped with that refinement. And I would say it's accelerated it. Um, I think you'll, you know, you'll agree that the community that we have built with our member consultants has been stronger because we need each other more. We've recognized we need each other more and are we've built up trust with our clients so that as they are addressing these issues, they've turned to us more. So crisis can be an advantage sometimes. And even if you're a startup um, that you, you can be prepared to take on those challenges. I'm, I'm glad you're asking about entrepreneurs today because um, today is a very uh, important day with the launch of How Women Invest which is the another hat there. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, limited partner in, in five venture funds. Um, today is a really exciting one because uh, how women invest founded by our mutual friend, Julie Castro Abrams and her co GP, Eric Kramer is, is a fund truly, truly focused on women founders and particularly women founders uh, of color. And not only the founders and business leaders of color, but more than half of the investors that are part of this fund are women of color. And that is incredibly unique in the world of venture. And so, um, you know, for entrepreneurs that are out there, probably a large portion of your audience is women. Uh, Women currently only receive 2%, 2 2.7% of venture funding, and less than that if you're a woman of color yet they return significantly more to their investors than uh, man male-run uh, businesses and that's been documented and researched. Now there's new hope, right? Because entrepreneurs need money. <laughs> not not so much for a service-based business like ours. We don't we don't need that kind of capital that other B2B enterprises need, but Really, to be truly successful, you need money. And so I'm, I'm really, really pleased that there is a, uh, a new avenue for capital for women-owned companies.
2: Yeah, for the listeners out there that are looking for funding or wanting to provide funding, We're going to make all of Jen's details available in the show notes. And of course, there's going to be multiple ways to reach her because of all those hats. So thanks for being on this journey with us and for sharing that. So in the time we have, we've got two more major things to talk about. One, you were kind and shared some 10 words of success and wisdom to live by with me that you shared with your son- so I'd love you to share those 10 words of wisdom and success with our listeners. And to me, they are universally applicable. Would you say that's true? Absolutely. I, I, I shared these with my
1: son when we sent him off to college. And I really thought about this being something that could be lasting and things that I use myself. So number one is show up on time. Two is look and act like you belong there. Three is be present, act like you want to be there. Four is be as well prepared as possible. Five is ask good questions. Six, ask for help when you need it. Remember you're not alone. Seven, reflect on what worked, what didn't work, what's next and why. Eight, be confident. Nine, take credit and take responsibility. And 10, when the task or challenge seems overwhelming or beyond you, just focus on number one. And I think we all have those dates, right? It's like, I can't do this today. I just want to be in my pajamas and watch reruns and eat ice cream out of the container. And if you think all I got to do is get showered, get dressed, well, we don't even have to shower these days. Um, (laughs) All I have to do is turn on Zoom and show up, right? Uh, I think it's those that idea of baby steps. But I also think there's we need to give ourselves permission some days to just sit on the couch and not get dressed and eat ice cream out of the container. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's definitely going in the show notes, and I'm sure Ben and Jerry's is like all over this. So we look forward to your sponsorship for whichever. I can't even eat ice cream, but their yogurt's pretty good. I just ruined the sponsorship. So, okay. Let me ask you about those 10 pieces. We like to play fact versus fiction on this show, which you are aware of. So let me ask you a couple of lightning round fact versus fiction. And we're going to use your 10 words because they are really also multidimensional across the five key facets of work life integration and life itself. So we have career, we have family, we have friendships, we have community, and we have our own well-being. And so all of those words of wisdom, it reminds me of my mom who taught school that everything we ever learned, we really learned in kindergarten. Say please, say thank you. If someone's hurt, ask if they need something right. This is more of an elevated version of those, but I mean, come on, people, we all know it's about being humane. So Fact versus fiction, Jen. Showing up sometimes is simply enough. Fact or fiction? Fiction. Okay, tell us why. Well, if you show up and you're not prepared, you're probably not going to want to do that twice. <laughs> First time, shame on you. Second time, shame on me. Third time, you're out. How's that?
1: I will say you know, that that can be a double-edged sword because for someone like my kid, I can't show up because I'm not prepared. I'm not perfectly prepared. Right. And so that is another in the fact or fiction category is what is perfectly prepared and how much do you stymie yourself with such preparation that you've missed the moment?
2: Yeah. We've talked their- about that. Practice makes permanent, not perfect. What is perfect? That's probably an entire show. What is perfect? Good way to beat yourself up and set yourself up to feel really crappy. So right.
1: and that's why it's just show up on time. Yeah. So I guess, yeah. I guess. Yeah.
2: I don't Maybe that's I the first step. Let me ask you differently. Let's play our own game here. Mm-hmm. Jen is showing up the first step. Sometimes. Yes. <laughs> You're unraveling <laughs> these words of wisdom. <laughs> All right. Let's go to another one. Let's go to your uh, ask for help because a lot of our listeners struggle with this. I struggle with it. Is it fair to say you struggle with it? I think I struggle with it less now. It's part of that being less of a people pleaser? Am I connecting a dot that exists?
1: I think actually a lot of it, and you have been a tremendous help in this. Here's my little pitch for you as a coach is, is really becoming a CEO and knowing that that is my role is very different. And if I didn't surround myself with all the people who need to be there to to be doing the work, to be giving me guidance to, that I need to trust to take stuff off of me. um, I I couldn't do what I need to do and take the role I need to take. Right. So I have to ask for help more. I have to be able to trust more and I have to be able to also see, see where people are um, able to be growing into things as well. um, And that, that helps them. Right. So that is not something I used to be good at. And I think I'm getting
2: better at it. I would second that. I've, I've witnessed it. So for CEO, for those of you that do run businesses or are contemplating starting a business even now, take the CEO brand, if you will, and put that on your hat. And think of yourselves as a CEO of your life. You don't actually have to run a business to be a CEO. It just means you're in the damn driver's seat, which is where I want all of you. And it's certainly where I want myself. And this shows very inside out. We're leading by example. We're works in progress. We've all made mistakes. We're all learning. And to Jen's point, being agile and trading up is about learning. It's about doing it better the next time and trying not to repeat the same mistake twice. So fact versus fiction, Jen, asking for help is a sign of weakness.
1: Oh, that's fiction.
2: Great. What about offering help? Is that a sign of weakness? Fact or fiction? Trick question.
1: Oh, I think
2: that's fiction too. Nice. Nice. Look at us evolving right before the (laughs) listeners ears. All right. One more in this round and then we're going to close with something that talks about the way you are energized versus de-energized. In other words, those trade-ups inside of work-life integration because of the multiple hats you wear and the time of tension that we're in, I want to ask you for some practical wisdom for the listener. So the final fact versus fiction question is, if I spend more time working than with family, I don't care about my family. Fact or fiction?
1: Well, it's fiction. Somehow I have to... Sometimes I have to convince my family of that.
2: (laughs) So let's talk about that. Good segue. And thanks for your honesty. Of course, this is the authentic show. So we don't, you know, pull punches here or blow smoke. What happens when you need to quote unquote, convince your family that that's true? What does that look like?
1: Well, I'll, I'll personally say that's a challenge for me because it's easy for me to get defensive about what I'm doing at the moment. Maybe I'm not alone in that. Um, I also have family members because, well, we all work from home now, but I have for a long time, like to come and sit and stare at me while I work. <laughs> that, is, yeah. that is not helpful. Um, so <laughs> so um, some of it is is taking a deep breath, being patient, giving them a time when I will be done, and then sticking to that, um, which I'm not always successful at doing, but I, I will say that it's... Uh, if I say I need half an hour or I need an hour, trying to really stick to that um, and then being done is, um, is helpful. And uh, also asking about what they've been spending time on
2: is also helpful. <laughs> oh, shoot. I always forget that one. That is some good advice. I've been pretty good about the others. I love your pattern of take breaks, be patient, share when you're done, do everything you can to your words of wisdom, number one, be on time for the time you commit to. Ask what they're doing. Ask what they're working on. Sometimes we're so head down, we forget to ask, right? It's that first seek to be understanding them before seeking to be understood by them. And we forget because we're so busy or not assuming that we know about anybody's experience. Right.
1: And then I really do take the weekends off. I do not check uh, corporate email during the weekends. I uh, do not work or come into my
2: office during the weekends. And that, that break makes a big, big difference. I can attest. I've tried to reach you on weekends. And if it's friendship related, you're really accessible. And if it's not, you're not. So I want to applaud you for that. I want to tell our listeners, not everyone is where Jen's at. And if that's not realistic or situational for you, and you got to work some weekends because you literally are starting up your company, and maybe it's the only way you earn income for your family, then of course, that's what you need to do. It's all situational and relative. We can all aspire to get to where Jen's at and have these clear guardrails. It's also a good way to tie back to her family facet, which is you get me on the weekend, but maybe not as much during the week. So the expectation's been set. And Jen is someone who really does practice what she preaches. And her faith, of course, is a guiding North Star of that. She shared that, which was so gracious. So Jen, in wrapping up, if there's one thing you wish someone, including me, would have told you this time that you started your own company, because it's, again, not the first time you've started a business, but this particular time three years ago. What do you wish someone would have said to you? Oh,
1: that's so good. I think it's the first time I've started a company where only now, three and a half years in, I'm seeing that it can be much bigger than I had maybe envisioned it was going to be, when I first started thinking about this and I don't know if it would have changed things really, but it, it would be interesting to think that if I thought about that and, and the reality of that, I think we said that, you know, we said, Oh, we're going to disrupt management consulting. Did I really believe that? Um, No, (laughs) no, not really. (laughs) But I think now, um, you know, with some of the successes we've had, the clients we have, the accolades we've had recently, um, that I'm seeing that this could be bigger than maybe I knew it could be. So maybe it was somebody that had a, you know, crystal ball that said, wow, this could really be something that looks like this.
2: So we call this horizon thinking, and what I would just add to what Jen said is that having helped many founders grow their businesses and exit successfully and now having my own business and being partnered with Jen inside of some of her businesses, which is such an honor and a front row seat to help her. And it also helps me, of course, it's this duality. We sometimes have a limiting belief because of something we've experienced before. So I could go back in my teleport machine and say, hey, Jen, when you were starting this, this is not that. This is not then. And even though you've had some successes and some failures, we all have, this business is actually different. Your eye to the future and being disruptive was bigger than what you had done before in terms of the vision. And now it's being realized even in this difficult time. So let's keep moving the needle and we'd love you to check back in in six months or 12 months, if you'd be willing to do that because you know now you're, you're on the show and we've got it in perpetuity. We'd love you to check back in and tell us, how's that big coming along? I would love that. Our listeners would love it too. It's a real inside out. It's a real honor. You've shared a ton of wisdom. Takeaways are so important. Or what is the point of taking people's time? And I love my time with you. So I'm beyond grateful. And you are just a gift. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, back
1: at you. And a lot of the growth has come from you. And my friendship with you. My professional work with you. And I feel so blessed to have you.
2: And your whole family. We entered pretty smart, but let me tell you, some of these words of wisdom definitely made us all smarter. Now, let's all go and put these smarter words of wisdom into action.
0: Settle Smarter is produced by New Dog Media in association with Phoenix Fifth, who are solely responsible for the content. Check the show notes for links to our website, SettleSmarter.com. To find Dana Look Arimoto's latest book, take the quiz, read more about today's guest, and to contact us with your response to the show or any questions or comments. And don't forget to subscribe to the Settle Smarter podcast and share the episode. Settle Smarter was recorded and edited by Paul Godwin, who also composed our theme music. Settle Smarter can be heard at Apple, Google, Spotify, and wherever you hear your podcasts. On behalf of Dana Look, Arimoto, and the whole Settle Smarter team, this is Paul Godwin saying, see you next time.